0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Lost History of India. Myself, Sandeep, and I have Abhijit with me. So, in today's episode, we are going to talk about another interesting dynasty which has not been talked about so much. This is the dynasty called Gujar Pratiharas. They ruled a substantial part of India for mostly the north part of india for around 3 300 years uh, let's let's begin by understanding firstly what is the what is the origin of this dynasty and also very interestingly why does this dynasty has in its name two unrelated kind of syllables which is very
1: unique over to you abhijit yeah hi sandeep so See, this Gurjara-Pratihara dynasty is a very important dynasty as you were mentioning. Now, in North India we broadly know about the uh, empire under Harshavardhana, which ended around uh, 647 AD, 650 AD. And the next big empire in North India that we learn about or, or that we know about is the Delhi Sultanate which came around the end of the 12th century. Now this intervening period of around 500-600 uh, years we broadly don't know uh, who ruled uh, that part of the country so this dynasty was probably one of the most important dynasties of north india at that point of time them along with the rashtrakutas whom we briefly spoke about uh, in the in the previous podcast as well and the pala empire Uh, which was a uh, Bengal-based empire, were probably the three most important dynasties uh, in India for for that 500-year period. Now, the Gurjara Pratiharas claimed lineage from uh, from Lakshman, who is the brother of uh, Lord Ram. And probably that is why they called uh, themselves the Pratiharas, which either means the doorkeeper uh, so, like Lord, Lord Lakshman was the doorkeeper for Lord, uh, for Lord Ram. Another theory is that uh, they called themselves Pratiharas because uh, uh, they were the ministers of defense or, or they, they saw themselves as the as a defending forces for India. Now, very interestingly, they never called themselves Gurjaras. They, they always called themselves Pratiharas in all their inscriptions and, and all their writings. It was the neighbouring kingdoms that always referred to them as Gurjaras. Now the reason for referring to them as Gurjaras can be many. Uh, So one of the theories is that uh, they originated from a tribe called the Gurjars. So so probably uh, uh, that is one reason. Or uh, that that part of the country where they originated from, uh, which is uh, the eastern part of Rajasthan, northern part of Gujarat and the uh, western part of Madhya Pradesh. So that region at that point was called the uh, territory of the Gurjaras and that is the name uh, because of which Gujarat currently is named. So so probably that is why it's very unique that a dynasty is known by two names or two names with a hyphen nowadays as the Gurjara Pratihara dynasty and not uh, a singular name as is the case for most of the dynasties in India.
0: Okay, moving forward, let's let's try and understand more about this dynasty and how it
1: started. So, who was the founder king of this dynasty? Yeah, so the the founder of the dynasty is widely believed to be uh, Nagabhata I. So, although the exact date is not known, but broadly it is believed that uh, his empire started around seven thirty A.D. Now. His claim to fame or, or or the reason that he's known uh, very widely is also because uh, he was one of the rulers who beat back the uh, Arab invaders of the Umayyad Caliphate. And this is almost exactly as the same time as the Chalukyas, uh, as he spoke about in the previous podcast, uh, had also beaten uh, back the Arab invaders. So basically what had happened was that the Arabs invaded India from all sides, uh, in the in the Madhya Pradesh ujjain region they attacked the uh, gurjara pratiharas and in uh, southern gujarat northern maharashtra they attacked the chalukyas they were beaten back from uh, both the places so nagabhata 1 is uh, is credited with that although it is not clear whether uh, where the battle took place or where he whether he attacked them or whether the arabs invaded ujjain and, and were uh, beaten back but one thing is fairly clear that the Arabs were beaten very soundly by, by Nagabhata one. So the, the capital of uh, this dynasty uh, was at Ujjain or, or or that area was called Avanti at, at that point of time. Now uh, within five to seven years, as we had mentioned in the previous podcast, the uh, the the or Danti dantidurga who was the prince who fought along with the chalukyas uh, in the war against the arabs overthrew the chalukyas and set up the rashtrakuta empire now dantidurga after he formed the rashtrakuta empire he had territorial ambitions and he uh, and he attacked and defeated nagabhata uh, as well and uh, he he sort of uh, captured ujjain also which is also uh, shown in some inscriptions in Ujjayan where he said to have performed some uh, uh, some pujas and prayers uh, uh, celebrating his victory. But again it is widely believed that as soon as Dantidurga left uh, Nagavata I was a- able to recapture his territory uh, uh, fairly quickly and and set up the uh, uh, Gurdjara Pratihara uh, dynasty uh, fairly well. Now it is one of uh, 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 one of Nagabhata's successors, uh, who is called Vatsaraja, who is uh, believed uh, to have captured Kanoj. Now Kanauj was uh, one of the very important cities under Harsha's empire at that point of time. So 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 Vatsaraja is is, is believed to be the uh, king who probably expanded the territory beyond the, uh, the the heart of the empire, which was based in Ujjain. So, so he was a very important uh, ruler from that perspective.
0: And it seems Ujjain and Kanauj were really two important cities at that p- point in time in India.
1: Yes. So, uh, see, in in northern India, uh, from the time of known history, uh, so say if we if we started at the time of the Mauryas patliputra was uh, supposed to be the most important city or, or the capital of most of the empires uh, in india at that point of time but even at that point of time although patliputra Putra was the political capital of the country in the in the uh, western parts of the country ujjain or avanti was still a very very important uh, uh, important city and actually uh, the, the, the kings of Patliputra always used to send their successors or, or, the, or, or the crown princes to rule over, over Avanti or Ujjain. So from that perspective, Ujjain has, has, was always a very important city and also considered to be the spiritual capital of, of the northern Indian uh, uh, dynasties uh, for a long period of time. Now, Kannauj became very important un- under the rule of Harshavardhana because his empire was uh, ruled uh, from Kannauj. So, uh, and that was the time that the uh, probably the importance of Patliputra had fallen considerably and Kannauj became the most important city of India. So, uh, broadly in this 500-year period, uh, starting from around uh, 5th or 6th century to around uh, 11th or 12th century, I think at least in the north of the country, Karnaj and Ujjain uh, became two of the most important cities uh, of India and Ujjain as I mentioned was obviously a fairly important city even before uh, the 6th century but in the 600 year period these two were the most important cities of India.
0: Okay, moving ahead, let's talk about the other prime rulers of this dynasty.
1: Yeah, so see Vatsaraja uh, uh, when he had taken over the throne, that time the two most important rulers of the opposing dynasty which was the Palas and the Rashtrakutas was Dantidurga of the Rashtrakuta dynasty and uh, Dharmapala of the Pala dynasty. Now uh, he was always uh, feuding with them and uh, although Dantidurga was not able to defeat him, but uh, one of Dantidurga's uh, successor who is called Dhruva, he... Uh, crossed the Narmada river and uh, took back Karnoj for for some period of time. Uh, It was not until the the rule of uh, Vatsaraja's successor, who is uh, Nagabhata II, uh, who although was initially defeated by Govinda III, who was again from the Rashtrakutas, but he was able to recapture Karnoge and uh, and have a rule from uh, from broadly Bihar to, to the Sindh region so so nagabhata too was the one who, who captured most of those areas and also shifted the, the, the capital of the empire from uh, from ujjain which was which was the heart of their empire to uh, kanauj uh, 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 which is uh, which is supposed to be the most important city of, of that empire And actually, Kannauj was in an area and and that era because of the uh, rivalry between the Rashtrakutas, Palas and the Gurjara Pratiharas. It is sort of called the Kannauj Triangle because for around a 50-60 year period, these three empires uh, fought against each other and all three were mighty empires. Uh, So all three of them fought against each other for for the control of uh, Kannauj and all three had uh, varying degrees of success. So from that perspective, uh, Nagabhata II uh, was the one who broadly ensured that uh, 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 Kannauj became uh, becomes the capital, and for the next probably hundred years, the rule of the Gurjara Pratihara dynasty from Kannauj is uninterrupted. Now again, during the uh, rule of Nagabhata II, also uh, although the information availability is fairly low. But during his reign also, there are said to be some Arab invasions uh, uh, and he was successfully able to defeat them. Now, this is the time probably uh, that uh, you can credit these three empires for uh, sort of stalling the expansion of the of the Arab rule uh, into India, Arab or the Turkic rule, because to the other side of the world, uh, the Umayyad Caliphate and some of of these Arab empires were very quickly able to uh, capture territories not only in the Arab region, but but also uh, all across the the North African region, the the Persian region. And so broadly, they were able to capture everything up to the river Indus in Sindh. So, So their empire expanded from Sindh uh, uh, to the eastern side, to North Africa, which is which is Morocco, Algeria, uh, that kind of region in the in the east. So it was a fairly large empire, and these three dynasties are fairly uh, uh, in in popular uh, uh, parlance uh, con, uh, considered to be very important for stopping that expansion into India for probably three or three hundred, four hundred years more.
0: That was really good. Just to go forward,
1: let, let's try and understand where did this dynasty started to decline. Yeah, see, uh, so, so, so just to uh, give you some numbers. So so so, Na- uh, so Nagabhata two ruled from broadly 8, 805 AD to 833 AD. And uh, uh, the peak of the empire was probably... Uh, under one of his successors called uh, Mihirabhoja or Bhojwan. Now, he's not to be confused with uh, Raja Bhoj of, of the Indian folklore who ruled 150 years later. But uh, under I uh, 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 that was the time that and he ruled for around, around 50 years from 836 AD to 885 AD and that is the time that it is said that the expanse of the empire was was the largest so so i think the uh the the empire uh, ex- uh, extended from the foothills of the himalayas to narmada river in the south and from sindh in the west to bengal in the east so so broadly if you see the expanse of the empire the empire probably had the same expanse as uh as uh, the the gupta empire or the empire under, under harshvardhana so so from that perspective the uh, it was it was a fairly large large empire so under bhoja and uh, and uh, his uh, uh, his a couple of his successors was uh, was probably the peak of the empire uh, so till the 9th century i think the, the empire was very very strong uh, as we moved into the 10th century, uh, so initially the empire started becoming weak because of uh, uh, majorly, majorly because of the infighting within, within the kingdom where uh, uh, the, the rulers were overthrown by each other uh, and, and because of family feuds etc. Now whenever this happens historically we have seen that the feudatory kings or or the, or the vassal kings start getting ideas uh, of uh, of independence or, or probably overthrowing their their overlords so uh, so so many of the the feudatory kings of the gurjara pratihara empire which broadly were were the uh, uh, Parmaras, the, the chandelas the, the tomars so 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 these people started uh, exerting more and more uh, independence again uh, during the early 10th century the rashtrakutas briefly recaptured karnoj uh, in, in in one of the attacks but uh, but karnoj was recaptured by the uh, by the gujarat pratiharas uh, simultaneously uh, the the there were turkic invaders uh, 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 from the west as well who, who kept on attacking not successful but but, uh, but surely uh, chipping away at the empire and making it weaker and weaker uh, so uh, so, so so that was happening. Uh, around 950 AD, the, the, the Chandelas uh, uh, captured uh, Gwalior, which was a very important uh, part of the kingdom at that point of time. So so by the latter half of the 10th century, actually, although the, the dynasty was still existing and, and they had their control over Karnaoj and Ujjain etc. But they, they, they ruled over very small parts of the territories. They, they, their empire was not as big in the latter half of the 10th century now they they ruled that way for another 50 60 years more the the crushing blow came when when uh, uh, mahmud of ghazni invaded and uh, captured karnoch in, in 1018. Uh, so so that is when probably the the, the ruler who was a ruler called rajapala he he, fell, he fled karnoch he was captured and and killed by the uh, chandela ruler he 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 uh, then then got Rajapala's son uh, on the throne as a proxy but it was probably just uh, going through the motions and within a period of 10-15 years by 1036 AD uh, the the empire collapsed. So so if we see where the peak of the empire was probably uh, some somewhere around 750 AD to 950 AD I think I think for a 200 year period the empire was fairly large fairly important last 70, 80 years were probably just an era of decline. So, but that 200 year period was a very important period uh, in, in Indian history.
0: And they probably declined into smaller uh, individual kingdoms for in different parts of uh, Rajasthan, Gujarat and Madhya Pradesh. And that's why we, we, we don't have like a huge dynasty overtaking them. And then also, I think the, the, the Delhi Sultanate started to capture most of the, the North India after them.
1: Yeah, so you are you are very right to say that uh, a lot of the smaller uh, empires took over the control of, of various territories. And uh, uh, actually the Gurjara Pratiharas are considered to be... Sort of like the predecessors of the of the Rajputs, uh, who became very powerful in that uh, region, uh, in in the coming years, and uh, the region that was called the Gurjara region uh, earlier is widely believed to be called Rajputana later. So, so from that perspective, they were probably the predecessors to the Rajputs, and in by some historians, they are considered to be Rajputs uh, as rulers. And uh, so 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 they were they are considered to be a clan of the Rajputs themselves. So from that perspective, I think uh, all the all the kingdoms of Rajasthan later or the Rajputs as, as they as they are called, probably this was the first important Rajput kingdom.
0: That's great, Abhijit. Okay, so I think we we understood quite well about about this dynasty how it started how how it ruled a major part of north india and and its subsequent decline also interesting one part that we wanted to talk about was the extent of architecture and temple building which existed uh, during this time and i think a, a number of amazing examples some of which Currently, we can see and I think probably a lot of it got destroyed as well through through the history. If, do, you, do you want to, to touch, be, uh, touch, touch upon some of these yeah, so, architectural examples?
1: Yeah, so uh, uh, the, the, the Gurjara Pratiharas are, are, as you rightly said, uh, considered to be good patterns of, uh, of temple architecture at that point of time which is called by different names, so, so it is called the Maru uh, Gurjara architecture or the Solanki style of architecture, which uh, is probably uh, as your surname also suggests, and uh, uh, or it was also, also very closely linked to the, 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 the Chalukya architecture. So so the Chalukya style of temple building and the Gurjara Pratihara style of temple building is, is fairly closely linked to each other. Some of the most famous uh, temples uh, of that period was, uh, were constructed by the gurjara Pratiharas, the most famous of them uh, being uh, the, the, the Khajuraho temples. Now, although it was not directly built by them, it was built by the chandelas who were the, the vassal uh, kings under the Gurjara Pratiharas, but it is an example of, uh, of the temple building uh, support and the, and the patronage that that empire had given. Even actually, the the Somnath Temple uh, that you see currently is built in that same style. Nagabhatta II is uh, supposed to have uh, built the Somnath Temple again after it was destroyed by the invaders uh, from the west, and in the in the very recent past, in that in that in the 20th century, it was rebuilt in the in the same uh, style. Uh, although uh, the the rulers the gurjara-pratiharas were, were mainly patrons of hindu temples but the style of temple building uh, found a lot of uh, uh, temples in the in the jain uh, temples as well so uh, so so this style of temple building was adopted by a lot of jain temples and again the most famous of them being the uh, dilwara temples of uh, of mount abu so and you'll find a lot of examples right across Gujarat, uh, Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh, etc. Where you'll find uh, uh, this kind of an architecture. Now, broadly, what is this kind of architecture? So, this is a stone-based architecture with intricate carvings, wide halls, lots of pillars. So, and obviously, you can just uh, Google and see uh, the architecture of some of these examples. You can think about the Khajuraho Temple or the Somnath Temple. To, to see what the kind of architecture was. So from that perspective it was again a very very important period, uh, probably with the last uh, stylistic uh, change in temple building that happened in India because after that India was broadly under Islamic rule so uh, temple building although did happen but it did not uh, flourish like it used to uh, uh, before probably the, the 11th century. So, so this probably was the last uh, advancement in temple architecture that happened uh, in India. That's great Abhijit.
0: And that also brings us to the close of this podcast. Uh, another d- dynasty that we covered which sort of uh, sits well within our theme of lost history of India stay tuned in to listen to more such podcasts and we will we'll continue uh, continue exploring such such uh, kind of dynasties and the past history of india
1: yeah so thank you yeah so as uh, uh, as sandeep was saying so so these these are the kind of dynasties that we we'll keep on exploring and uh, uh, just to summarize this dynasty was important from uh, two or three perspectives uh, one They ruled over the north of the country for a fairly long period, 200-300 years. Very instrumental in uh, beating back Turkic uh, invaders uh, or the Arabic invaders from the west and uh, probably delaying the the Islamic rule in India. As also, uh, what we covered right at the end, from an architecture perspective, they were were fairly big patrons of uh, architecture and that also uh, shines through in, in some of the examples of architecture that still survive to this day so uh, that was the reason that we chose to uh, cover this dynasty uh, as sandeep was saying that uh, we will we'll be looking to cover more such dynasties in the in the future episodes and uh, stay tuned for more uh, thank you and have a great day